as I said in the intro, we do have the brother of Isaiah and Layla Fowler. But we also do have uh, Andrew Cervantes, who if you're not familiar with was on my show, I was also on his show. So I'll go ahead and let these two introduce themselves without, you know, without me really introducing them, introducing them for them. So go ahead, Andrew, go ahead and go first. And then Justin, you'll be allowed to introduce yourself after that. Yo, 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 what's up, guys? Um, thanks for having me, Carlos. Good to be back on the show. You know, I'm the host of the In Conversation uh, podcast with Andrew Cervantes. That's me. If you guys didn't know that, but, you know, that's really it. And Justin, if you can introduce yourself, you'd like to, too. Yeah, no, for sure. What's up, everybody? So I'm Justin Fowler. I am the brother of Layla and Isaiah Fowler. I am also off subject of the whole topic of the interview today. Great person. This is ex- strictly exclusive. Never been, never done a podcast or even talked about this subject openly like this. So I am excited to do it with Carlos, excited to do it with Andrew. And I'm, I'm really hoping you guys really look into, into this a little bit further once you hear my story. Well, the main goal of this episode, really, and, you know, I know Andrew might be more uh, in the subject area, considering he's a little bit more broader, but mine is just a wrestling podcast. But like I told uh, Justin before, um, I wanted to give him the platform and, you know, I wanted to be able to branch out outside of stuff for wrestling and occasionally have that stuff that doesn't have to do with it. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity with me. But as I said, as Justin did say, you know, he hasn't been interviewed. No, no, you know, every, everything I believe that I looked up, only one thing had you in it, but that's only because you had reached out to the person. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into, we'll, we'll get into that possibly later in the show. Um, but it's very interesting because, you know, i we have a lot of misconceptions there's a lot of questions I'm sure people were curious about. And, you know, while most of these, you know, I've seen the podcast, I've seen people doing these articles, what they've never really had was the true source from, you know, this, like the, a family member, they had it from news articles, from whatever the coroner or whatever the police released, but never, I believe somebody as close to the siblings as you were. Right. Um, so what I want to do first is basically summarize what happened which was uh, on April 27th, uh, I believe it was 2013, correct? Yeah, 2013. 2013, uh, Layla was found murdered in her home along with her brother. Well, her brother, sorry, her brother was there. He wasn't dead. Right. You know, he was there on the scene. He was the only other person on scene. And long story short, uh, he was arrested as a 12-year-old and charged for second-degree murder for the uh, death of Layla Fowler. Um, but I'm going to go ahead without really getting any details wrong. I'm going to let Justin take over and I'm going to let him really explain the crime scene. And uh, then we'll get into the perspective of what we all three, because we all three kind of conversated earlier about this. So kind of in, we kind of already have a general feeling of what we're going to talk about, but I'm going to let Justin introduce it just in case you haven't heard about this case. Go ahead. All right. So like I said earlier, I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, real quick. <laughs> He just cracked open a Mac Dre beer, by the way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out to Mac Dre. All right. So, <laughs> Carlos gave you a quick rundown of it. Let's take you back to 7 a.m., April 27th of 2013. 7 a.m. comes around. Um, everyone's getting up and ready. They're about to leave for a baseball game. I got two younger siblings. Uh, I got a first off. I'm the oldest of eight. Okay. Um, 
besides myself, one out of state, all the other siblings pretty much lived with my father at the time. Okay. So everyone's in the same household. Everyone's going to go see this or go to my brother's baseball games. It's uh, Christopher's and Gabe's. They're both playing that day. So in the morning, they're getting up, they're getting ready. Layla doesn't want to go to the game. They're like, okay, okay, well, let's go ask Isaiah if he wants to stay home. Well, he was asleep. So they finish getting ready, and my dad goes in there. He kind of kicks the bed, and right? He's hey, you want to go to the game? He's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, well, Layla wants to stay home. So, okay, well, you want to stay home with her, you know? Yeah. So he ends up going back to sleep. He's going to stay home with his sister. You don't got to get up. You don't get dressed. You know what I mean? So whole family goes to the baseball game. Now, fast forward to whenever he does wake up, uh, he actually calls my stepmother to see if he can make pancakes. And he ends up making pancakes. And what she says is that, uh, you know, go ahead, just make sure you don't burn down the house. You know, just joking, mother, father type yeah. of you know, yeah. just a little, yeah. little, little whatever. So he's all right, whatever. You know, he makes the pancakes and then, you know, he ends up uh, dying them blue, believe it or not. And uh, made blue pancakes for him and my sister. And they were watching a movie. I believe it was uh, one of the Percy Jackson movies. Uh, I had read, well, the uh, podcast you had showed me, the defendants or the, the defender had said they were watching how to fry worms because of the, how long the movie was. So they, they were saying that the the movie time length right, ran, right, ran right. into the thing. So, Right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So long story short, it was one of those movies. She ended up giving it, actually got a headache. And my brother called again and to ask Crystal, was okay to give her some Tylenol or something? She said, you know what? We actually got kids Motrin. Okay, so you know he, he she tells him how much to to give her, and he supposedly does right. Go fast forward past the movie now, right? The the the, the movie's pretty much whatever's happening with the movie is almost done. Um, she's kind of bored of it. She wants to watch TV in her room, you know. Okay, my brother puts on TV for her. He finishes the movie in the living room, whatever the case may be. And now uh, this is about. 11 o'clock, 11.30-ish, right? Movie's pretty much ending. Uh, things pretty much wrapping up. 11.45. It's when the phone calls start happening. It's when someone intrudes into the house. He hears a slider glass door slam open. So I don't know, if, know what that means, but when you roll a slider door open hard enough it rolls and it hits the the frame and it bounces back you know yeah so it slammed open and he's in the bathroom at this moment okay he's in the bathroom doing his thing i don't know what he's doing i don't know if he's taking shit i don't know what he's he's 12 years old okay you're gonna let your imagination go with that one all right um he's in the bathroom and then he heard it and he was like, oh what the hell's that didn't really think too much of it thinking that it's possibly our father maybe it's Layla who knows and then he hears I know you're back there come out or I know you're in there come out and well he doesn't do nothing about it to be honest with you my brother's in the bathroom he's still doing his thing he's really thinking it's my father or he thought it was me to be honest 
Uh, moments, seconds later, he hears screams. And the screaming come from our sister's bedroom. Now, this is where some of the things when we get into in a second with some of the questions is kind of, you have a frantic 12 year old, okay? He's hearing screams from his sister. He's in the bathroom, scared out of his mind. He eventually hears silence. So he opens the door. He sees a man going through the hallway. He says, who the fuck are you, right? My brother, he's pretty big, he's pretty stocky for a 12 year old. He's, he's a little shorter than me at the time, uh, but he still had some weight on him, you know, big fist type of thing. Like he, he, he was, he was an intimidating 12 year old, not going to lie. Um, guy A-line straight to the back door. So he, my brother starts to follow him, grabs a knife on the, on the counter right there. Cause the counter's connected to the sink. The sink's connected to the the stove, it wraps around like that, and there's a slider glass door from the edge of the counter. Grabs a knife, walks outside, fuck my sister. Turns back around, goes to the room, sees fucking a massacre, okay? From there, as a 12-year-old, and just being in certain environments in my life, I've always been the type of person to call my parents first okay understand no what so what, yeah no matter what happens so we, he calls my dad where he calls crystal is what happened he calls just a phone that's at the ballpark calls them tells them you need to come home someone was in the house they think layla's hurt and they literally brush it off you can't play like that. You know, you know, you can't be joking. You know, it's something like, you know, you need to come home. And at that moment, everything kind of changed. The motion, the, the, the energy from my stepmother changed. She went to throw the phone to my, to, to my dad. And since they're at the clay pits in Valley Springs, which is the ballpark that they were playing at, there's not a really the best reception there. And in the midst of throwing the phone, I think, I don't know, it was, a, it, it was 2013, okay? Flip phones were still there. It was a flip phone, I believe it was, and it, and it closed or something like that. And they ended up uh, getting back in touch with them to figure out what's going on. Well, they got in touch with them with a different phone. And Crystal called 911 with her phone to let them know there's been a tutor in the house, that her kids are home alone, don't know what's going on, get someone there as fast as you can, right? And uh, we have some, some notes about the audio as well, we'll go over in a second about that. But my brother's on the phone with Emiliano, which is uh, my sister Alexis' boyfriend at the time. And my dad's driving the car on the way to back to the house, telling him to make sure you know he has a bat, make sure you see all three entrances of the house, you know, and, and they're and they're secure. They're trying to figure some shit out. Don't know what's happening. Only thing my dad knew is that there's a guy in the house and he might have to go fuck somebody up. So he's like, Emiliano, you're coming with me. You know, I was a big guy. You know, so they that's what their mentality is. There's people at the house. We got to fight. It's just happening. You know, so they haul ass over there. Well, since my stepmom called the police to told them what was happening at the house, they said that they are going to call the house. The police is. 
Okay. So the police calls the house. Now my brother answers. He's on the phone with, 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 with the uh, 911 operator, right? Trying to get the information, you know, what's going on. Um, there was an intruder, you know, what, what, what did it look like? Uh, is everything okay? Is, is, is your sister okay? And this was a minute into the phone call. He said, no, I, I, I think my sister's dead. She said, well, I need you to go back there. I, I don't want to go back there. So what do you mean? I, I, I don't want to go in there. And he kept repeating that he did not want to go in there whatsoever. Um, and the, in the call, you hear my parents pull up. And you hear frantic screaming. You hear people yelling, the operator, trying to figure out what's going on. She don't know if it's a, a treater back or what, you know. But my brother's talking to them, so she knows what's going on and explain the situation as it's our father and our father goes up the, the, the porch, the back porch to figure out what's going on. Cause he's pointed that way. Cause that's, that's, that's where the guy went. And then he comes back and said, back inside and said, where, where's Layla? And he said in the room, you know, pointed that way to the hallway and you hear screams, you, you hear crying, you hear, uh, you hear, uh, hold on. You hear just the emotion and pain in the voices. And you hear my dad going outside, even in the phone call. You can hear him walking through and then the first responder pulls up and then pretty much the phone call kind of ends. Kind of kind of hazy in that portion, to be honest with you, about the end of the night won't call. It, it's, it's, it's really hard to hear. It's harder to really process it sometimes. Um, but from there, my dad takes, picks up my sister, takes her out to the porch. And as he's taking her out there, he, she's, she's bleeding out. Uh, my dad gives her a kiss on the forehead, steps outside and the first responder pulls up, you know, sir, you know, he put, put, put the girl down, you know, explain to him that, uh, that he's the father and she he laid her on the porch and the first responder did anything and everything he could to save my sister's life. And I, I, I really condemned him. I, I really appreciate him. I, I want to make it known that that first responder, I forget his name. Um, I think about him all the time. He, 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 he carries it with him too. I know he does. Uh, but he did everything he could to save my sister. Then at that point from right there, my father then goes to change out of his flip-flops, takes off his bloody shirt, throws it on my truck, puts on shoes, takes a bat, and starts hauling ass all around pretty much Valley Springs, trying to figure out who did it, what's going on. And he's running into some of my brother's friends in the street type of thing, asking if he's seen anybody. And they're scared of my dad right now because he – right? you know looking like a maniac driving around with a bat you know what i mean like yeah i'll be kind of scared of this man too not gonna lie but i'd be in the same situation i'd be right with them if i was there you know yeah from there it 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 led from you know just the cooperation with the police at this point you know so my my dad takes my brother to pretty much the hospital long story short and uh, they're doing some questions, some statements, and talking about this, talking about that. And then they, they, they end up going to 
actually, let me phrase that. I believe they go down to the station to talk and then they end up at the hospital later and they end up doing some questions in like the transition room from the outside to like ICU, a little room in the middle. So after the first responders, after my dad driving around the neighborhood, they go take my brother to just start doing some questioning, some, some statements at the station type of thing. They, uh, they end up going to the ICU, and this is like hours later now. This is hours later. Like, I, I wasn't there for any of the events, okay? Yeah. This was hours later, and he's we- doing another statement, um, and then to go to like 8.30, almost 9 p.m., I, I, I finally see my father and my brother. And out of everybody there, when they're all trying to give him hugs and, you know, just, just tell him that, you know, that, that, that they're here for him type of, you know, just everyone's yeah. being real just sentimental and just loving. He, when he gets to me, he grabs me, he holds me and he told me, I love you, you know? And like, we're not saying the men in my family aren't really outspoken about emotions like that, but me and my brother never told each other we love each other like that. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I knew the moment his, he said that, there's no way. So going into back, I know you were talking about the transcripts of the operator. Um, I, while I was looking at the timeline, the only t- transcript I found, I know we talked about this uh, earlier. The only transcript I found was a very simple one, which where the operator says, hi, 911, now how can I help you? And Crystal goes, my children are home alone and a man just ran out of my house. My older son was in the bathroom and my daughter started screaming. There was a man inside of my house. I need an officer here. Um, it said, the article says Crystal Crystal was telling the dispatcher her kids are home alone. And she learned about a possible intruder. Mm-hmm. Already seen this random stuff. And the last part goes, my daughter's boyfriend is on the phone with them right now. They said they're right. okay, but I need to get somebody. And the operator just says, okay. Now, um, just to get the, one of the misconceptions out the way, um, a lot of the articles and some of the podcasts even state mm-hmm. that Isaiah called 911 and uh, it was very much he called, you know, time had passed to the point where he had called 911. So a lot of people believe, why did he call 911 so long after the murder had happened? But from what I learned from you is that he never called 911. He called your parents first. To the point where number one, obviously, as you stated earlier, they they called Isaiah. Yep. So what what, what was the mix up at, at that point? So the he said she said, you know, we're trying to say that my brother took hours to finally call nine one one. Right. That this is one of the biggest plot holes in her whole statement. Right. We he calls his parents first. All right. I, I've, I've been raised like this. My sisters, my brothers, cousins, uncles, everybody. Anything happens out here in this area that we just live in, unfortunately, you don't call the police. And this is something that's been going on for hundreds of years now, which is mental of segregation, mental of race, mental of discrimination, mental of stereotyping, mental of 
you know, oh, we might have a fucked up past, unfortunately, and we have some trust issues with some cops. Okay. It's fucked up to say, but we've always said, you know, we, we can always be there faster than the police. Call us. Anything happens, call your parents. You know, not, not saying we're going to get the true justice with the police officer, but have you ever called the police and it take them two fucking hours to get to you? Yep, I've been there before. You know what I mean? Sad. And there's supposed to be an emergency, you know? But sure, sure. Personal, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're right. But it's just the fact that they call and it's known, like the police know this. Like they know that my stepmother called first. They know that in the phone logs, my brother never called the police. And they never wanted to address the issue. Why do you think they don't want to address it? My bad. Go ahead, Carlos. No, go ahead. Oh, I was saying you were saying there was never there was never an outgoing call, right? To the time one. There was yeah. From the house, there was never an outgoing call. At least to the police. It was strictly all my mother, Crystal. Yeah. Well, go ahead and answer your, I mean, go ahead and uh, give all your questions, Andrew. I know we haven't really given you the time yet. I was, I was just saying like, why was that, you know, like, I don't know, like how, why do why don't, why do you think the media doesn't show that side or the police or anyone? It's same thing. Why are they going to show something that's going to make them look bad? Well, that's, uh, that's actually true. I didn't even think about that. You what? know, why, why, why promote something that's like, Oh yeah, he didn't call the police because he can't trust us. You know, that that's yeah. the kind of the bottom line. And it, and it sucks that we can't trust the people that are supposed to protect us, you know, in life, that there's there's more bad than good. And we it's like I said, it's that mentality. Mm-hmm. It's it and and yeah, no, trust me, it sucks. Like I, I do do I wish he did call first. Yes, so that court-wise, they couldn't fucking try to pin it on him based off a fucking phone call. Yeah, they you know, didn't because, have all this shit. Yeah, like, uh, but they also never asked certain questions until it went into a phone call. And, and, and it's like, why, why, why are you going to get mad at him, at a kid who knows that the police are going to call, who knows that the police have police brutality? You know, they, they literally pressure you into situations. Like they, when, when you get pulled over, they literally start interrogating you to get anything out of you just to get you a ticket. So you're saying Isaiah knew all this too at 12 years old that like all the police stuff, like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like kind of just. I'm saying based little, on little just sketchy. our lifestyle, we never been the ones to call the cops, unfortunately. I, I understand it. No, I feel it. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah, like I, for example, a personal story of mine. I was going to use a different one, but this one's a little bit better. Uh, there's an in and out across uh, side of town where I used to live at. Now, I, you guys know where I live at. There's a, the old house, there's an old house I used to live at. And on one side of the city was my house. And on literally the other side, like the, I'm talking about like you had a 20, 30 minute drive. Other side of town was in and out by the Krispy Kremes. <laughs> And there was a point where I went with my sister and a few friends and this guy came in and he started screaming at my table, like for no reason saying we were making fun of his walk or whatever. And I literally, I was the only one who spoke up. I'm in high school. Keep in mind, I'm like, I think I'm like 16, 17. And I told the guy, 
we're just eating our food, man. I'm not, we're not, we don't even know you. And he starts screaming and threatening to kick my, he's going to kill us. He's going to, you know, and then his other friend comes and he's going to threaten and he's going to kill us too. I don't call the cops. You know, I'm with my sister. So another thing, I'm with my little sister. She's crying. I'm with my friend who's also with his little sister, you know, with us. I don't call the cops. I call my, my dad first. The first thing I do is call my dad. And keep in mind, my dad, again, at home on the other side of town. Um, I think my, my I don't I don't remember who called 911. Um, I think In and Out didn't even call 911. Uh, I think my there's another friend of us. I forget his name. 18. His name was 18. Uh, he called 911, and before the police could even show up, my parents showed up. Not not five, maybe even 10, 10 minutes to the In and Out. To the point where the cops didn't show up until as we were leaving. My dad was like, fuck that, you're leaving. Like, we're leaving. It took too fucking long to get here. But my dad was ready, you know. Similar, I'm assuming, you know, as your dad yeah. came, came flying down, you know, five, ten exactly. minutes. Yeah. And one of the details is, you know, I didn't even know this until I listened to that podcast of yours. They were only five minutes away from your house. They were at a little league game five minutes away. Yeah. Eleven from eleven fifty-five a.m. to the point where he had called your stepmom, yeah. I'm assuming the stepmom. Wow. Uh, to 12.05 is when they, uh, sorry, 11.55 when the murder took place, to 12 o'clock, then to 12.05 to when the father had came inside the house and sees Layla. It's literally a five minute and compared, but, you know, like you said, your dad, you know, even with that small little town, your dad got there 50 seconds before the first responder got there. Correct. So obviously, you know, in a, in a, in a standpoint, when it comes to situations like that, I'm, I'm not going to call the police first. I'm going to call somebody who I know was immediately, they know my location, you know, with 911, exactly. sometimes you got to ask where your location is at, but I'm going to call my dad because yeah. instantly, you know, I know he's going to be rushing over. Exactly. So I understand the point of perspective, you know, where you're getting at too. Um, I didn't know that me. the game, I didn't know that the game was only five minutes away. I feel like that's another huge thing that they believe in now. I mean, I, I, I did, you know, some research, some light research, but, not once did they say that that shit was that close. Yeah. So you know, a little bit of, well, you know, I, of course I'm the only, I only researched this. Justin probably knows better than me. Um, one of the key factors was how can a 12 year old in the span of five minutes murder, not only murder his sister, but to clean the, the murder weapon, because you know, we'll get into that in a little bit, clean the murder weapon then to clean the bathroom, the bathroom being the cleanest part of the house, right? I, I think we talked about the cleanest part of the house yeah. to have no blood whatsoever. I think, was it on his arm or, you know, shirt or something? And then for it to disappear yeah. a little later, you're talking about, again, the perfect crime. But I have a quote, I forget what it was, you know, the perfect, how could a 12-year-old get away with a perfect murder, you know? Oh, from, from Mark? Yes. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, <laughs> like, like, and it was silent in the courtroom when, when Mark made that statement. And you know, another thing too, you gotta remember going to court at the time in California, fourteen-year-olds, if you were to commit a crime that major, were tried by judges. So they, he didn't even have a jury; he was uh, tried by the by a judge. Correct? Do you know? Do you remember yep. the judge's name? I don't remember either or first or the second. All I know is just douchebag one, douchebag two yeah. in my book. Like I, I really could care less on what 
or how they feel about what I say about them at this moment. The first judge convicted my brother off of month of worth of trial, okay? And the point of the trial is to take into consideration of both sides of the story, correct? All the evidence and compile it into one to figure out the best overcome outcome for the situation, right? This motherfucker based off the first day because we listened to the 911 call that day. And he said that my brother was guilty because he didn't tell the 911 operator that my sister was dead a minute until a minute into the phone call. So that's the reason why he did it. And again, you know, being 12 years old, you're not going to, your first thing, you're not, you're not thinking straight. You know, obviously seeing anybody in that state of mind as a 12 year old, you wouldn't be thinking straight. He's trying to watch three doors. He has my parents running in. He's trying to talk to 911 at the same time. And he just heard the most horrific thing in his fucking life. I don't blame him, but that's not on the top of his head. Real quick, I, I read that the judges were actually harsh on you guys. I, I yeah. saw that in the video that they were actually like douchebag and they were like everything you were saying, they were like all against you and your family. Like, how does that make you and your family feel just about like, it, it, I mean, it, justice, you know what I mean? Like, that's the biggest thing. That's the reason why we never said anything this whole time. It's because we wanted the system to do its do their job. job, right? And the system literally fucking knocked dirt in our own fucking eyes. It failed you guys. You know, and like the whole time, we didn't want to say nothing because we didn't want to blow it out of proportion and this and that when the whole time we should have fucking just did it. Because now every time they reported something, it was just the DA side. It was just what they heard in the courtroom. It was just what was said in there. It wasn't our actual aspect, our actual opinion, our actual voice. None of it was. You look at all the interviews of my father and I and my mother walking out the courtroom. You just see us walking. We're not talking about the cameras. We're trying to get from A to B. And we used to have to tell them, like, you need to back the fuck up. You need to stay, like, four cars away because they'd be up in our car down there trying to, like, record us. You know, and it was fuck out of here like we ain't trying to do all that you know like we should have unfortunately but at that time in my mind it's the last thing i want to do is talk to you bro you know yeah it makes sense uh before moving on further into the timeline you know i want to stick around the same night and you had brought this up and i believe only one other person had brought it up uh when i was doing my research uh can you talk about the bloody hitchhiker story to the point where uh, i believe it was nick lane had, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was driving down the street and he ran into a hitchhiker and was like, hey, man, don't go to Valley Springs. Little girls are getting murdered or something like that, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly what time it was, but I know if you Google it for April 27th, that night, 2013, it'll show that it was a full moon, okay? Or almost a full moon, but the point was that the, it was well lit. Nick and his friend was pretty much having an argument. Nick said, just pull over, drop me off. I'm a walk. He's walking for a few minutes and some guy pretty much comes out the vineyards out of nowhere. Right. And then that's what you heard was pretty much correct. Hey, you got to be careful. You know, there's people being killed in Valley Springs and he supposedly was bloody and had some sort of weapon on him. 
Well, Nick, he grabbed the biggest thing he could find, which was the stick. Bro, so he stay the fuck back from me. He's blowing up his friend and try to get him to come back and pick him up. And he's trying to keep his distance, him being on one side, him being on the other, you know. And he could see, like, it's a it's a full man. Like, he's walking. Like, he, he could tell he was somewhat bloody, like, you know. And again, it was legit almost full, like, light outside because of the full moon. And... He ended up getting picked up, went wherever he was, and not saying he never thought about anything after, but he eventually obviously reported it. You know, I appreciate him, but I had no idea. I haven't talked to Nick in years. I grew up with Nick Lane, known since he was like six years old, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it never, not saying crossed his mind, but it's the last thing you're going to think about. You know, he's just trying to get the fuck away. But I seen him in court for the trial and I was what the fuck and I, I was told I wasn't able to speak to him because he was testifying I was like wow I had no idea that it was not just Valley Springs that this extended so far and it got so out of hand that there's all this coming about from different towns like us I know there's no connection but there's a, a kidnapping a few days later some guy tried to take some baby out of apartment Type yeah, of thing. Real, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then they're trying to link that, which I, I, I appreciate them actually trying to do the job. But I think that's the only time they actually did the job. So, for the timeline, in case anybody's confused, the April, we have April 29th. Uh, the police confer, uh, the police say that Layla's, Layla Fowler's murder was deliberate after not appearing to have stemmed from a botched robbery. May 1st, the police downplay a Placerville kidnapping link, which is what Justin had just mentioned. And then May 3rd, the Yuba police are now on a lookout after two attempted deductions. Uh, then May 2nd, sorry, the day before, which uh, before we get into, uh, you know, after your brother's arrested and stuff, we have this witness who came forward and I have it here. Uh, so you had a neighbor that claimed you had one neighbor claim that she was gardening correct in the morning and she hadn't seen anybody come out of the house or whatever. And then you have another claiming that she saw a man exit from a different area from what your brother had, had said um, she had spotted the man fleeing the scene, but then recanted her statement and the police were just like, she's not, she's not cooperating. You know, like they sent the sketch artist down. She didn't want to work with the sketch artist. Um, one of the things I didn't get to catch was what was the difference between her saying where the man had left and your brother's saying where he had lived. If I remember where she lived correctly, I believe she was the one that lived kind of like down the hill around the corner on Baldwin. Um, if she wasn't on that house, then she was the one right above. It was one of those two I always forget. But the guy ran out the back porch. So the house itself was facing the southwest right the front door the, the, the front door facing the south um the slider door was facing the north but like the patio went out towards the like side of the building type of thing was side of the house and there's another thing the gate was locked okay so this man either had to jump over or open the gate and close it right but they're saying that there's no sign of force entry with the gate. It's a fucking latch gate, bro. Half the time, those things don't even close correctly. You know? But just because they said that, you're not going to test it? 
but I know that's getting yeah. off subject, but no, that the, 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 the woman, I, why does she recant? Why does she all of a sudden, oh no, I don't know nothing. Why does she all of a sudden don't want to cooperate? You know? And we'll, we'll just save that little note real quick. Cause that's one very important detail. I'll get into later. Correct? Yeah. Right. Into later. Um, is there anything you wanted to ask Michael, Andrew? As of right now, no. I mean, just to tell the audience, I mean, the reason I'm so quiet is because I'm really getting the details of the story, just like as you guys. If I'm, I, yeah, literally, as we're recording, I'm observing it all, it all. So it's as shocking as it is, you know, to you guys, it's shocking to me too. So just so you know, that's why, like, you know, I'm so quiet. I'm I'm listening too, but I do still have some questions towards the end. You know, we'll slowly get there though. But go ahead and continue. So moving on from the murder, so it is now it's it's May 11th, May 2nd. I'm sorry, the only the only witness to ever to stop the witness had stopped cooperating, and now your brother was the prime suspect, and he's taken into custody, he's taken in for murder. Um, mm-hmm. What what was the initial reaction of your brother being told he's the suspect to the point where he's arrested, and his father tells his father the father tells him, I know you didn't do it. So we actually also we actually all sat down and talk about it. It was it was an open discussion. We we pretty much laid it out to him before before the eleventh. We told him they're probably gonna come after you. They're probably gonna, you know, treat you as either a suspect or as a witness or as a victim. Or we we didn't know exactly how they wanted to do it. At the moment, he was just part of the crime scene slash witness right yeah and they somewhat treated him like that at first and then they slowly kept pulling us in asking them questions and the way they were handling it it wasn't necessarily the best way they could have done a whole lot better it was real not pushy but we weren't really allowed our own freedom with them right so we we kind of had a thought in our heads that i think they're gonna try to just go after us and so we, we 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 told them, you know, this this might happen. And then when they actually called to tell us that they're gonna need pretty much him to be turned in, or they're gonna come with squad cars to pick him up. Wow. And so we talked about it, and we did the whole, you know, discussed it, and we were went to go turn him in because we all said there's no way he did it. You know, and, and he he agreed with that to turn turn himself in. Yeah, because he hundred percent knows he didn't do it. Why he was told? Why why be fearful if you know you're innocent? And you remember you know? we were saying, you know, one of the the other misconceptions was the context of how your dad had told him to admit it. Because you know, a lot of the things I was reading was that not only your father, but the police were very adamant on, hey, you know, they were telling this 12-year-old, we have science technology. We know you did it. You know, there's new technology. They're like, you know, you're, you're a smart kid. You know there's yeah. technology where we get to prove, you know, you're guilty, whatever. Hey. So don't lie. And your dad told him, hey, you know, if you, you know, we love you, whatever. We're not mad at you. And I know you said the same thing. We're not mad at you. But if you did it, you need to tell us because you need help. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't your father being like, you know, calling your calling your brother you know you're lying i know you did it to say you did it and we'll get through it all right right it was your father it was your father being like you know he's understandable about the situation the evidence is all pointing to your brother so he's like okay you know what he did it say it and we'll get you the help 
but you know whatever if you did or did not do it you know he, he was still going to love your brother unconditional. unconditional yeah yeah no exactly so whatever my brother at that moment in time because i'm not gonna lie there's doubt in my mind okay I, I didn't know what to believe i didn't know what to think I, I i had to keep a very open mind just because i have no idea i was not there you know and like, and it, and it sucks to think like that because I love the fuck out of my brother. I'm I'm not gonna think, oh yeah, he did it. But the police never really gave me a reason not to really trust them, not to actually doubt them, not to say, oh, they got evidence for somebody else. Not that they dismissed my brother. Like there was no direction. You know, it was just cloudy grayness every day. We had no idea what the fuck was happening. We was literally out the loop, but they were using us for the loop. Okay. That's, that's so, so weird. For that half-assed confession my brother did, because like you're saying, oh, we got the technology. Oh, we could figure it out. Oh, the evidence is going to point to you. Oh, we, you know, we, we got these specialists. At this point, you're showing off. That's really what it is. They're, they're, they're literally showing off and trying to intimidate somebody. It's like someone in the street trying to say, oh, yeah, I got a nice car. I got a good job. I made a little bit of money. You know, you're not saying you get intimidated. You're like, oh, dang, you know, I kind of want to do that. You know, you know, you know? It, it makes you, it's the whole psychology in the thing. So if they're going to throw all these big words on my brother, they're going to pressure him because they got this scientific bullshit. Okay, you didn't use it. So, um, you know, going now into it and one of the most important things going into it is the evidence so in the evidence i have here is the intruder had long gray hair what your brother described long gray hair hispanic male most of the most of the things i had read were just pointing to hispanic there was a steak knife steak knife discovered in the drawer that was placed back as you mentioned before earlier that was bent and contained traces of the the blood of uh, i believe leia right Mm -hmm. uh there was blood also found in the kitchen sink Blood found on the door connecting to the kitchen in the garage. Um, the defense had then, this is, I'm reading just off my notes here. The defense had argued that investigators had botched the initial collection of evidence at home and the pathologist had conducted that a lousy autopsy was performed. Um, and the prosecutors had just completely ignored the signs of an intruder. And one of the biggest things, you know, that I, I didn't question you about earlier, at least I believe I didn't, you know, we talked about it so much was the piece of hair that didn't belong to any of you or the police or anybody there. So, you know, you know, before we get into whose hair exactly was that and was it gray, you know, because I couldn't find a description on the hair color. What was the evidence uh, process like? You know, they obviously treated your house completely out of disrespect. So everything happened at... We'll just ballpark numbers, okay, to keep it easy. It happened at noon, 12 o'clock, right? 12.30, house is pretty much taped off, right? It, it's it's active crime scene. Police officers are going in and out, and there's 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 dash cam footage. They got their own little cameras, their, their own personal footage that they took, but there are some first initial, you know, photos there. And you can see them with no booties, no glove. You can see them going in and out. And this is where I didn't tell you some things for a reason, Carlos. 
they brought in the guy to take the crime scene photos, right? The first original crime scene photos all came out black. They didn't find us out until they went to go develop these photos. This is something that was never mentioned either in anything that I looked up. No. And they took the photos at maybe, let's let's say one now, right? Or 1230, right on the dot. Who knows? Because there's no timestamps, okay? They go to take, to go get it developed and look at it and processed. And they realized it's nothing on this thing. Blank, all black, nothing registering. And now they're tagging stuff, bagging it, you know, like they do like, you know, CSI and crap like that, right? How they, what the the process should be. Well, now they got to go back and take new photos. And they got to put all the evidence back. If you look at the footage of the dash cam of the first responder, there are a pair of shoes under the balcony that my sister bled on when my dad set her down. Those same shoes are in the closet now when the new set of photos are taken. Huh. Okay. I'm, I'm that, that's just one piece. Yeah. There was a photo of my brother on a wall that looked like someone punched. And then the photo itself was found in a complete other area of the house. Okay. And this, this was like in our hallway wall where the photos are. And out of all the photos, it was just my brother. Okay. Hmm. Now they also took evidence in and they, they, you know, they processed, they held it. Well, a few years later, we get a text message from my brother's text free app number that he had on his iPod touch texting our other brother, Gabe asking Gabe, Hey, is this Gabe? From Isaiah's number. The fuck are the coincidence that my brother's iPod number is texting our my, our other brother asking him to make sure it's him? How is that even happening if the text free numbers recycle after a few months? You know what I mean? Yeah. That means someone had to consistently use this number. And then end up messaging Gabe. So did they ever put that in evidence? Did they steal the evidence? Did they sell the evidence? Because this is supposed to be locked up. The electronics they collected were a Nintendo DS with blue pancakes on the picture, correct? And then the iPod, which is what they used to text, uh, you know, if if it's escape, correct? Yeah. And it, it literally is not in evidence anymore how i can't go walk in there and get it they'll deny me you know they they, they've denied crystal they've denied my dad they won't give us certain things back because it's contaminated because there's blood there's whatever on it you know which i get it but how's the ipod texting my brother then you know or our other brother at that it makes no sense now they brought search dogs, they brought motorcycles and all this, and the motorcycles never left the trailer. They cut the grass first before sending the search dogs. They supposedly moved everything to search everything. When we got to the house and moved the first car trailer that was in front of the house, there was still toys underneath the fucking trailer. They, the cops, were using our microwave in the house 
to cook their fucking dinner and lunches. And then they were dumping their chewing tobacco on my sister's blood on the fucking porch. Jeez. And they handle this with care. One of the another extreme thing, they go ahead. What do you got to say, Mark? Since you got something on your mind, I mean, I mean it's just. Oh, I was just like, "Fuck, I don't know." Like this fucking case, man. Like, I don't the know. There's you, so much sides to it, you know. Like, fuck, I don't know. The more you hear about it, and the more you know, like I said, we're getting it straight from the source. So the more you, exactly. the more you, you know, all the stuff you read online. Like, okay, you know, some of this makes sense, and some of, but some of it's pretty weird. But then you're getting it straight from the source. You're getting it straight from the man who had to experience everything. I'm talking about everything, still going through it today, experiencing the stuff. Before we get into the next subject, which is how they treated the investigation with the lithium, we're gonna take a quick little break. We're gonna get back to it. Um, yeah, everybody, stick around. We're gonna get right into you know the lithium and how that was involved and how they quote unquote ran out of the chemical and what it does during the search. Luminol. Luminol. Sorry, lithium. Luminol. I have a criminal justice degree. I don't fucking know that. We'll be back. We'll be back in a second. So going back to where we were started, um, talking about luminol, pronouncing that right now, luminol, and how that was used in the, in the scene. So to break it down to you, because I know, Andrew, you're a little bit confused, uh, how it's used is, again, to um, detect iron, which is found in semen, piss, blood, a bunch of other crazy crap. Um, and they used it all over the house. You said they took, they took out your traps, your pipes, and I forget something else. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, took apart your whole watering your water system, basically your whole pipe system. And so they use it for yeah. I'll let you explain. They had X amount of luminol. They sprayed my sister's room, and then said, "Yep, that's blood." And then they sprayed, I think, a little of the hallway. Um. The bathroom, uh, I believe, in the kitchen, if I remember correctly. And then I think the slider door. And that was it. And like, I might be mentioning something that they actually even didn't do, to be real with you, because like they didn't do shit. They ran out, all right? They didn't do the ceilings. They didn't do the fucking walls in a garage. They didn't do the outside of the house. They didn't do the rest of the ports. They didn't do the railing. They didn't do the cars. They didn't do none of that. But yet they're fucking destroying our vehicles looking for a fucking murder weapon, right? And if a guy touched it with some blood on it, don't you think you might want to spray that down maybe to see? And it's very easy to, to get it too, correct? It's not it's not something they can just I mean, just ship it, out in order. Not saying it's hard to get. Other counties might not have an abundance of but they literally called in the FBI for help. And there was other counties out here or out in San Andreas trying to help. You telling me none of these motherfuckers was able to get more luminol? It's you know true. I mean? It's a solid point. Like it, it is it's not saying it's not that hard, but it's not that hard, bro. Especially you in that department. Like that's what you do. You like there, there's not multiple forensic fucking analysis. You got one for the state or what? 
It's almost like they were trying to avoid something. And like I said, they cut the grass. They got rid of the grass and then sent the dogs to go look. How long were they searching for? Like in like just using the whole house for evidence? It was a good while, not gonna lie. It was it was I think over a month. Like but it was it was it was it was like they they a lot of shit. Shit could happen in a month. A lot of shit could happen in that house in a month with all those people going in and out. Oh yeah, that's thirty one days. That's a shit ton of fucking time and I don't know, bro. Fuck. It could have been a little less, but regardless, that's a lot of fucking time. Regardless, that's multiple opportunities to do other things. That's a lot of hair. That's a lot of DNA that was going inside that fucking house. And they said it didn't match. Neither, no one's, like, none of your guys' uh, DNA, you and your family's DNA, or the police's DNA, or the paramedics' DNA. So... They said that the DNA didn't match, right? Well, they did say that it's the DNA, it does resemble it would either be like a a father or like an uncle or like a cousin. It's not like exact sibling DNA. It's not as strong as it'd be, you know, if your 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 mom and and you type of thing you know what i mean that's a lot more strong it's like a distant relative in a sense is what they were trying to say did you so have anybody over it during the time well i was there the wednesday before right um <laughs> believe it or not my uncle joe was there the day before okay uh but he had no hair he's bald <laughs> Pretty much, but still, is that there's multiple people there that come to the house? Like it was not saying a stop, but my dad was pretty much open arms with a lot of people. You know, I mean, you want to come over, come by, chit chat. You can. You never told me no, I couldn't come over. I'd go over there and just be me by myself. I would go over, believe it or not, that Wednesday before they were at another fucking baseball game. I went over there, walked in the house. Nobody was home. I was like, fuck, they must be at the game. So I closed the door and went straight to the game. I never even told them I was at the house that day. But just to give you an idea of how easy it is just to walk into our house. Right. And this is in the middle of the country. Yeah. People, people who are unfamiliar. This is not a suburban area. This is literally, you know, there's a hill leading up to your house when I was looking at. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's literally like mountain terrain down near. So was the hair, was it, was it, was it the gray hair color? Was it just, you know, it just didn't matter. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't important to the case at all. It was her hair with somebody else's DNA on it. They don't know if it was sweat. They don't know if it was spit. They don't know if it was piss. They don't know if it was semen. It was just enough DNA to be pulled and to, the issue is, is that it's not enough DNA to keep running. But this was back in 2013. There's new te- technology now. So for the uh, another thing, you know, with that is the coroner was given all the knives in the house and specifically the knife that was found with blood into the hill, which did contain the blood of Leah. Um, but not only did they give him that, but they gave him a- every single knife in the house. And just think about that. Every Think about how many knives you have in the house. I for sure have a bunch of butter knives, but I also have a set of knives in my kitchen. Oh, oh yeah, I want, I want to say about a dozen. 
including scissors, sears, whatever. And the coroner confirmed that you know I think the official statement was no, none of none of these none of these are the murder weapon. Like these none of these match any of the puncture wounds. None of these. And there was forty wounds in total, correct? Some of mm-hmm. them say twenty, but there was forty wound forty wounds, and you said twenty two were punctures, while the rest were just kind of um, like prodding. Yeah, like pokes. Like it, it, it was like indentations, as if like in the best way I could describe it. If you wear a watch, and if you always move your wrist, you always get that little indentation of where you can move the time on your watch. Yeah. Now some people wear it like a military style, and it's this way. And if you holding someone down, trying to stab somebody multiple times, fighting somebody, you're pushing that little mechanism into somebody's body. Okay, this is just my own point of view, my own train of thought. This is what I'm thinking of on how those wounds would have got there. Another thing, too, I had mentioned to you earlier, what was hard for me to grasp was the fact that the situation explained seemed like it could have happened in under 60 seconds. And in the 60 seconds, we're talking about your brother going to the bathroom. And while he's in the bathroom, he hears the voice. He Uh hears screaming. He hears banging on the walls. And he opens the door, and he sees the man runs out. And your sister, unfortunately, was, you know, killed. Mm-hmm. But to me, it sounded like it was 60 seconds. But, you know, you you specifically showed me and, you know, ran, ran it down to me. Could have taken 30 seconds to kill your sister, you know. And, you know, your brother being 12 years old, knowing me 12 years old, I'd probably be hiding in the bathroom, too. Yeah. You know, I know you were saying you were very much, you know, he did what he had to do. As a 12 year old, you know, you can't really expect much from him, unfortunately. I don't expect him to be a superhero. Yeah, you know. All right. Uh, a long story short, I'm glad I didn't lose both of them. Yeah. And in technicality, you did because of him being sent away for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but going off, you know, going right back to the subject, uh, it's very, very hard to imagine, you know, it hadn't been 60 seconds, but you were able to break it down, you know, showing what happened, you know, where the process of that thing was going on and how the crime scene was, you know, what, what exactly what was going to your brother's head. So when I hear, you know, people are, are saying that he did it, he did it in my mind. I'm like, you know, if I was the detective, I was the lead detective on this case. Like I said, I have a criminal justice major. So I, I had to sit in law class, shout out to uh, professor Glumack. If she's listening to this, <laughs> she made me, read cases to the bear like i had to there was a point where my final paper was we had to read this case report and we had to figure out you know if he was i believe the man was guilty if they had any reasonable doubt to kick the door down or something like that so when i if i'm the lead detective and i'm thinking i gotta think all outside outside the box you want to know you want to know all the details first correct Knowing all the details, knowing the murder weapon, knowing where the where the bathroom is at, knowing where the room, where your sister, whatever, everybody, the whole area, it seems very impossible for me for a 12-year-old to grab a knife, go into the kitchen, grab a knife, particularly have to dig and look for a knife sharp enough to, you know, do the job, to then go into the room, hold down your sister, stab her 40 times. And I said before, when you're cutting, if you're cook, you know, I don't, I don't cook at all. My girlfriend makes me cook sometimes. When I cut like carrots, I have to readjust my hand to, to really slice sometimes. You know, sometimes I'll miss and get to readjust. Right. Even then, you could still cut yourself. I don't, I don't even, I don't, I barely use knives. I cut myself. So when I imagine somebody stabbing 
an eight-year-old who's also defending themselves, I imagine the your hand's gonna slip, your blade's gonna slip, someone's gonna your your, you know, the little uh, hilts of your hand are gonna get sliced, whether it be your palm or anything. There was nothing on your brother that had any evidence on him. Yeah. So to me, it's very difficult to understand the twelve-year-old again got away with the perfect crime, cleaned the bathroom, cleaned his 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 entire room. The only place that was a bloody mess was the room. Correct. The they found blood on the sink. They found blood on the door of the garage. Right. There's another part. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. There's another thing I had run down. There was blood on a plate in the kitchen sink as well. Yeah. So that plate. Did it tell you how much blood? No, I was just told mm-hmm. like it, it could have been had the killer been running off. And if he was running so, off, you know, blood would have spit onto it. If it's a fresh drop of blood and plates are all ceramic, they're all glass, you know, and I don't know anyone sink who's really like actually vertically level or horizontally level. Okay. So you put plates in there. They're this way. They're that way. They're up and down. You know, you got a fork in between it. You know, you got a cup. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. it's usually damp or wet, right? And my mom did do dishes. And that's why the knife was on the corner of the counter because she washed it, you know, placed it there type of thing. And there's some dishes still left over. So that dish is there. And let's just say it's like at an angle like this. If you run in, you know, and it drops down, you'd see it smear, right? Yeah. It was dried up fucking little dot. Hmm. Stationary. There's no pool, no, 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 no little runoff. It was a fucking dot. I I don't know about you. You splash anything and there's multiple splashes. There's there's more spray off. That's what happens when a droplet goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. where's the spray off? A lot, a lot. We're having a sort of a lot of what ifs, you know. A lot of, you know, where's all time. this evidence? Where's, you know, um, even the bent. There's, I'm reading, going off my notes again. The bent knife was dismissed. Correct. They found a knife. It was bent. Had the blood. I, I believe it was the same knife we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It was dismissed. Yeah, it was. It was originally dismissed, and then the DA contacted the coroner and was like, "Are you sure?" He's like, "Well, I mean, it could have been." And then when he came in to make a statement, it was a whole nother thing than either two conversations. But yet, once he did his own notes and put out that he dismissed all the knives, we had that documented and we presented it to the court. And there, they, they, some people were like, oh, for, for a quick second, but they, again, they didn't take into consideration. They based the whole fucking trial off one day. So, uh, you know, going from, from the trial, we spoke about the trial, we spoke about the crime and everything. Um, going back to your family, you know, going back to the family background now, was there anyone specific you had in mind leading up to the arrest, eventually after the arrest, that you possibly thought about, or like, you know, maybe they could have done it, maybe they could have had some sort of involvement? I'm not going to lie. I thought of everybody. I thought of the neighbors. I thought of old neighbors that we lived by. I thought of people that had just bad, just encounters with me personally, with my father personally. Like I I literally thought through everything and everyone, 
even family members, even people I don't even speak to, people I don't even know. People drive, I'm driving on the street, and I'm like, this guy got gray hair. Maybe it could have been him. Yeah. You know, I'm literally thinking it's everybody. And it's not just a one person. Everybody came to mind in a different type of way. You know, not saying everyone is guilty, but you think so much, you will have, you'll play it in your head. You'll, you'll, you'll make yourself believe it, you know? Yeah. And from just, it's, it's just, it's just chaos. It was just straight chaos. Like I, I didn't know who to look at. I don't know where to go to. I don't know whose house I should actually feel safe at because that was their home and they weren't even safe. You know, like I said, how easy yeah. it was for me to walk in that house the Wednesday bef- before. I don't know. It could have been fucking anybody. Yeah, I had some, you know, maybe, like I said, it could have been some people from the past. It could have been, uh, who knows? It could have been someone just jealous, you know? Yeah. Like Carlos said, you know, my, my dad was involved with, with some shit, unfortunately. But when that comes, so does money come. And you got a lot of money. People get jealous. You know, so I don't know if there was a personal vengeance because maybe they thought my dad was rich for some reason. Hmm. But he was also literally doing his own boat shop out of his house just to get by. And like, what? Like, Let's how? talk about. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, well, I'm getting into the subject about your father. Let's, let's talk about that really quickly. You know, we're in it down. It's one of the big subjects we were going to get into the aftermath. Mm-hmm. You know, again, this is one of the things where people don't bring this up. Again, I've only seen it brought up in the Haunted Autopsy YouTube. You look it up if you're curious. Haunted Autopsy, it's, I believe it's under the same thing, Isaiah Fowler case. Um, I'm not going to talk about you know him reaching out to you, whatever. Not not very important anymore because we're doing this interview. This is obviously you know the information you didn't give him. Yeah. Um, so going off to your father, he actually told the police he would tell him anything to help him uh, find the suspect in the case as long as he didn't get in any sort of legal trouble. So what he yeah. told the police was, and I'm not sure if you know this, Andrew, uh, that during the time they lived in Stockton, he sold methamphetamine uh, to individuals, which included the Mexican mafia and admitted to rot you know he made i'm not trying to put your family business out there hopefully hopefully so this is okay made i believe half half a million every six months is what i've read and would constantly would constantly rip off the dealers because he knew he could make so much and in order to get out of the business that's when he moved out to valley springs to get away from that lifestyle he didn't want to be involved in it anymore Mm. so where where is your do the police know that Yes, so he yeah. he actually went to the police and told them, so they could eventually find the killer. You know, that so. that's that just shows you, literally, what type of position we are, because we are so sure, my brother is innocent. My my dad does he's not gonna hesitate if he has to sit in jail for fifty years, you know, because of his past. He does not care. He wants my brother out. You know, he wants the truth out. He his 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 time is not saying it's it's already passed, but again, he has no problem sitting in that jail cell. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I I'm in the same situation. I have no problem sitting in that jail cell for him. You know, I think about it 
all the time, every day. I wish it was me in there instead of him so he could have a life. Um, you know, like, uh, imagine. Imagine being 12 years old, bro, and you got to experience puberty in jail. It fucking suck. It's not anything to think about. You don't even really think mm-hmm. about that, you know, having to go through experiences like that without there's having... No, there's no middle school dance. There's no high school dance. There's no... There's from... no uh, parent-teacher conference. There's no, it's none of that. We'd go visit him and buy him vending machine food and pretend it's a feast twice a week. You know, that's that's the best we could do. We spent, I think the most was like 40 bucks in fucking vending machine food for him. Wow. You know, and it's trash, bro. It's like the truck stop hamburger type of thing. You know, those like XXL burritos. Some, yeah. And it's all overpriced. It's like five bucks for that fucking burrito. You know, seven bucks for that damn hamburger. But yeah. any, questions, any questions you wanted to ask, Andrew? Since we're pretty far into the case now. Uh, I mean, for the most part, I just want to say like, What's something that, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you and your family, like mostly about this case? <laughs> they assumed we don't love each other. They, they, they really think, so the second trial, the judge said that he's a monster because she don't understand how he could do that to his own sister when you're supposed to protect your sister when you're supposed to be there for her when you're supposed to be the 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 one thing that's not supposed to hurt her you know and you failed at your job and like she's yelling at him doing this shit and i'm feeling like shit behind him because yeah he's the older brother in the situation but i'm the older brother for the fucking mm-hmm. family yeah and i i got up and walked out I couldn't hear it no more. Wow. One of the things I want to touch back on before I forget is, you know, going back, my personal theory was I didn't get to mention it to you at all. Uh, So going, reading off the statement that the neighbor had spotted the man fleeing, but recant her statement days later. And then knowing your father involved in the Mexican mafia, involved in that drug, was there any relation between that neighbor and your dad's involvement with the Mexican mafia? What, 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 what was the point of view? Uh, you know, saying, you know, think about it. What, 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 what was, um, what, what was her reasoning behind canning her statement? I don't know her reasoning, to be real with you, at that moment. So I want to give you a little background of what happened on that street. My, my brothers and my older sister, uh, or the, the older of the two sisters, Alexis, they would say that they see flashing out the window at night, like as if a camera was being you know, like photos were, were being taken. Um, the house next door was abandoned. Some high school girls were in there just, you know, the abandoned house, we're gonna go check it out. Ooh, fucking attic was open, the little thing. There's a TV on, on like in the living room type of thing, which is static. And some guys are yelling at them to get out that, that he lived there. All right, and this is next door, literally right next door. And those two girls run up to the house to my dad's house because they knew my sister 
and they're telling them, you know, this and that. And I guess, they, I don't know, I forgot what exactly happens, but the cops do go over there. They do find some beer can. But there's no one in there, right? Supposedly. They found fucking beer cans in my dad's attic. I've walked in that hallway one time. I looked up. I was like, I didn't know you guys had an attic because I seen it open one day. And they're like, hmm, I wonder who's fucking around in there. It must have been your brother. We're just assuming, you know, to some two 12-year-old boys who are curious, you know what I mean? I'd do it too if I was their age. You know, oh, let's go check out the attic. There was whole ass beers up there. Someone was in that fucking attic and they don't mention this shit. So someone was in these houses, okay? There's multiple things around the neighborhood. Previous people that lived there with prior backgrounds of fucking drugs and violence. The neighbor across the street back in the day used to be some woman and her daughter named Layla. Hmm. Which is All where right? the theory comes in to the point where a year prior before you moving in, it was uh, rented out by drug dealers, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there was there was hooks in the ceiling as if they were like the, where, where, where they hang the weed and dry it. And the closet stunk fucking bad like weed. And like there was still like bags and shit in there. And like those it, it was legit a fucking drug house, like 100%. And we're like, damn, okay. You know, not saying I was impressed, but it's not the first time I've seen that shit. So we cleaned it up and got it ready so they could live it. And then when the police came there, well, how come we got these hooks? You know, they, they do anything to pretty much point fingers at the people that live there, right? Well, going back to that lady who recanted her statement, well, I guess there's someone that lives in that house with her who's not really all that mentally stable. Okay. I don't know if she's protecting this person, but the police won't follow up with it. While my siblings were getting on the bus for school one day, there was a man in the bushes watching them on the same fucking street within months of this happening. What the hell? So there's multiple things that's fucking happening around this neighborhood. No one wants to speak about for some fucking reason. The whole neighborhood sounds like it has a dark past. The whole night down the street. Fuck. There's this drunk guy who's trying to say that his dogs would have heard everything, that they would have barked this and that. They don't bark for shit. I've never heard those dogs bark. My brothers have rode down there on their bikes right next to the house and they don't even fucking bark. But why go on national news to say that? And he's literally, like, literally known as a fucking drunk in Valley Springs. And he happens to have gray hair. He happens to wear some mechanic, you know, clothing type of thing, which is the same statement my brother gave. You know, I'm just, I'm not pointing fingers at nobody. But there's more than one fucking suspect here. Interesting. Yeah. So you believe you believe it wasn't just one person. You believe it was it was someone, multiple people involved in this. I believe, I truly believe, someone out there really does know what happened, and they are hiding that person. They're not hiding the person, hiding the fact that they know the person, and they let them get away with it. I believe that person was in one of those houses and changed their clothes. 
and then left when they thought it was suitable. I also believe it might have been one of those crazy fucking neighbors. And everyone out there feels like they're better than each other, right? They're all high class. Oh, we're in Valley Springs. We're not part of Stockton. No, they're all fucking stupid because all their grandparents and parents left the fucking east side of Oakville out in Stockton because they're all fucking dope heads and they didn't know where to live. So they went to the middle of fucking nowheres to go live. And then they end up having kids. And these are the people out there now that are high class. But they're all connected to fucking retards damn near out in Stockton. Okay? So how are you going to tell us to go back when we're from when your parents are the ones from the same fucking place. You're talking about the gas station lady, right? The one you're confronted about the gas station right. lady. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I really wanted to ask about, because I feel as if this is something that a lot of people don't mention. And I know this is something that you wanted to mention specifically. Um, and I remember you were telling, uh, well, I won't even say, say the name, but I remember you were talking about it and I heard it in passing and I was like, you know, that's, it's very interesting. I feel like it's a very important detail people miss out. So without getting so heavy into it, uh, before we can even get into that, where where were you? Let's say you go know, seven a.m. seven a.m. in the morning, 20, April twenty seventh. Where were you exactly? And where what where were you? What led to the events of you coming home? Whatever time, whatever time you saw your father at the hospital, what what was your day like? So, a lot of people don't know this. Some people do know this. Some people didn't even know I didn't had no clue I existed, to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't live with my dad. I lived with my mother, with our grandparents, well, with, with her parents, my grandparents, I want a campo, okay? It was at 7 a.m., I was sleeping still. I was dead asleep on my bed, knocked out. 8.20, 8.40-ish, I wake up and I get a text message from Alexis. And it's a photo of her. And she's sitting on the back of a truck holding a box of cinnamon rolls for me saying, happy birthday. I love you. Okay. So she sent that photo with cinnamon rolls because they know I don't like cake. I don't eat cake. Cake's not my, my thing. I never liked it. So cinnamon rolls, you know, thanks. You know, I appreciate it. I get up, I get my clothes ready. I'm about to take a shower. I'm, nah, it's my birthday. I'm, 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 I'm going to lay back down. So I lay back down. I actually put on Teen Wolf, believe it or not. I started watching like season two or whatever the hell it is. And my little cousin knocks on the door, you know, he tells me I have a birthday. And I'm like, you know, thank you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's asking if he could come in. And usually I don't ever, ever come in my room. He's, he's little, he fucks shit up. I was like, yeah, it's my birthday, bro. I'm, fuck it. You know, like, ain't nothing going to bother me today. Come on, you know, let's, let's, kick, let's kick and watch TV. So we're watching TV. We're just there. And like, I go to get up again. And I turn the shower back on. I'm like, it's my birthday, bro. I don't get up. And it's like 9, 40, 10 o'clock at this point, okay? And about another hour goes by. I believe I, I play the, the the PlayStation a little bit, right? And I'm just, I'm just kicking back at home. I'm really just big chilling, right? I still haven't showered yet. Still, because, you know, it's my birthday. Why? What? I I ain't no rush. I get a text message from Alexis again. About 1140-something, 1150, right? Whatever time it is. And uh, it says, Layla's hurt. Come pick me up. 
what? What do you mean? Right. So I'm like, hold on, hold on. Wait. So I, I actually get the fuck up and I just throw on the clothes I had on the day before. All right. Cause I know I can't take a shower. So yeah. I get my, I have my phone. I told, uh, I, we call him Chacho cause Chacho means little boy in Spanish type of things. So and Chacho fuck out. Right. Cause I'm uh-huh. getting dressed real quick and I go to my grandpa's room. I was like, Hey, I gotta go. You need some, y'all have a birthday son. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, thank you. You know, but I, I gotta go. He's like, what do you mean? I show him the phone and he reads it. He's like, Hey, well, I don't know what's going on, but I love you. You know, be safe. Call me if you need anything. Want to pause here, Carlos? Yeah. So let me pause here really quick. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick breather here and we'll get straight into the story and try and finish wrap things up as quick as possible. So take a little quick, little break. So we're back from the little break again. Sorry about that. Uh, going off Justin's story, you know, kind of going off where you were at that day of. Um, so go ahead and continue from where you had left off. Not quite sure where. So uh, I, I just showed my grandfather the text message, what was going on. Um, I didn't know what exactly was going on. I just said, Layla's hurt, come pick me up. That's all I knew. So I, I jumped in the car, hauled ass to Valley Springs, and it's about a good 25, 30 minute drive. Okay, from where I live at the time out in the Campo, all the way to Valley Springs. And I'm going, I'm, I'm going a solid 70 miles an hour. Okay. And it's like 55 mile an hour zone. And at the time I'm calling my girlfriend at the time, I'm calling her sisters. I'm calling her mom. I'm calling uh, my best friend, Alex. I'm calling, uh, I'm calling my dad. I'm trying to call Alexis. I'm calling all these people and no one's answering me. Right. And I'm just trying to figure things out. I'm freaking out. I'm having a panic attack. I'm driving just up there don't know what's happening right i just want some sort of confirmation make sure it's okay and in my head i'm like you know what everything's okay it's probably just another kitchen accident my dad just sliced off part of his pinky cutting potatoes not too long ago that's what i'm thinking you know i'm being real optimistic and i'm going i'm thinking like this and i see a a early 90s maybe mid 90s uh chevy just hauling ass behind me right like fucking flying and the bed's rattling like this you can see it just shaking like this well that's my dad's brother it's dennis my uncle at that moment when he passed me i knew something was wrong and i said fuck so i put it into a lower gear it's not a it's not a five speed nothing like that it's just you know you got the regular drive then like the low three then low i dropped it and just hauled ass right behind him and i get a text message saying uh pick me up at dad's old house i'm like Okay, so I cut on Pettinger and it's literally you could literally cut through pretty much Valley Springs to get to the other highway without having looping all the way around. So I go over there and I'm smashing over there and I'm trying to I'm still have no clues going on. No one's answering. No one, nothing. I just get that one message from Alexis. All right. So I'm flying over there. And I still don't know nothing. Okay, And it's like almost 1230 at this point. I'm in the fucking dark. I'm literally a few hundred feet away from pulling up to where my sister is. And my dad calls me. So what the fuck's going on? So why is Dennis? And he cuts me off. And he cuts me off not to like say anything he's coming off because he's crying. I never heard my dad cry before. Ever. And his man is crying over the phone. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? He said, 
did you get your sister yet? I said, I'm pulling up right now. He said, please, whatever you do, don't tell Alexis Layla's dead. This was 1230, okay? Before the hospital, before we met up with anybody, and I, I, I couldn't even say anything. I just, I told him, Alexis is looking right at me through the window. I got to go. I'm not hung up. I didn't have time to process. She gets in the car immediately. I told her, where, where, where do you want to go? She's to the hospital. I don't think we could go. Where, where else do you want to go? Have you ate yet? You know, so I'm not hungry. I, I don't care. You need to eat. So we go to Burger King in Valley Springs, okay? And and she she's telling me that she just got a text message from Crystal saying that uh, Layla's in the ambulance and they're going to the hospital and that everything's okay. And I'm just like, you know, I'm 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 trying to be the best, whatever I am at that moment. Uh, we get to Burger King, I order her food, and she's thinking, like, I wonder who could have been, I wonder who came in the house. I still don't know what exactly happened. And then Emiliano shows up, which is her boyfriend at the time. He meets us at Burger King. I'm like, what's going on? You know, and he, he kind of gives me a rundown because he went into the house. And one of the reports where they seen a Hispanic male running out the front door was actually him because he's seen my sister and he actually has Tourette's and he actually just flipped and just ran out the house. He, he, he didn't want to see it. You know, I, I don't blame him. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. You know, I'm not saying I'm proud of him because he got to do that. I'm, I'm proud of him because he, he held it together. You know what I mean? And uh, it, they're just brainstorming. They're telling me everything's okay. They're giving me updates of what the news is saying, what everyone else is saying, that, you know, everything's all right, everything's okay. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, and like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm being real optimistic and I, I'm, I can't talk to fucking anybody. So I was there the Wednesday before. And after the baseball game, remember I told you I walked in and no one was there. I went to the baseball game, right? Well, we all ended up going back to the house and there was a man in the garage. This man was actually interested in buying our pickup truck that was in there. Um, we gave a statement. I gave a statement. Alexis gave a statement. We knew, we remembered the name at the, at the time. I don't remember him now, but they, they, they ended up dismissing him. But I do my statement first. Um, Miliano does his statement second, and then Alexis does hers last. And it's like 6 p.m. now. Okay. I, I still haven't told her. No one knows that I know. No one knows in general besides me and my dad and maybe the people at the hospital. But other than that, no one knows that, that I'm aware of. Um. She's doing her statement, and as she's doing her statement, we couldn't bring no phones in there, you know, for security reasons. We couldn't re record it. So she gives her phone to Emiliano, and her phone starts to blow the fuck up, bro. Text messages and phone calls and back-to-back, -back, like, hundreds. And it's all her friends. It's people calling saying, is it true? Is it true? Is it true? 
And so Emiliano was like, fuck, bro, her phone's blowing up. So he, he answers what? He's like, what? You know, he's like, oh my God, is it true, Lexi? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, you know, like what, what, what's what's on the news? He said, like, what's on the news? You know, like we're literally in the fucking parking lot. We can't watch TV. And they're like, is it true that Layla's dead? So he's crying. His mom is crying. They come to me to tell, to break me the news. And my Alex just calls me back finally. He's been asleep most of the fucking day. All right. Because we were out partying the night before because it was my birthday. I dropped him off at 5 a.m. almost, you know? So I, if I'm talking to him and like, I didn't even get to tell him yet. I was just telling him that what's happening. I'm with my sister, man. I don't know what the fuck really is going on. And then here comes Emiliano and his mom and they're bawling. They're like hysterically crying. I'm like, what's going on? I got caught back, hung up. And they're, and they're trying to break the news to me. I'm like, wait, is it about Layla? They're like, yeah. I was like, you don't got to tell me. Like, what do you mean? I was like, I already knew. And he got mad. He got in my face. One of the things, what the fuck you mean you knew? I, I've known. Said, Since when? Since I pulled up to pick up Alexis. And like, he, he, he couldn't look at me. He turned around. He walked the fuck away. He wanted... I knew in his eyes he wanted to beat my ass. So he went to Alexis. I said, no, 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 no. Give me her phone. He couldn't even talk to her. So she started getting emotional. You know what I mean? Like, why is my boyfriend not talking to me? What's going on? His mom's not even. And I told her, just come here. So I sit her down on the bench. And it was, in my head, it's either me that gets to tell her or she looks at her phone and the whole world gets to tell her. So I told her. I told her I knew. She just got up and walked away. Well, obviously, you know, going from the family's reaction, what was, uh, you know, the, 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 the your brother's reaction? I mean, did, did, was he able to process all this at once? I'm not sure he's the one going through the most right now, considering he's not, he not he was not yet the prime suspect, but he was the one, you know, getting them because he was the only one home, I'm assuming, you know, he, he was the one being questioned. He's the one being bombarded with all these different questions and you know statements you know what what was the initial process not only just your brother but your family like you know crazy 12 hours uh, everyone that heard about it just went straight to the hospital i didn't know people were at the hospital we were literally in this fucking burger king parking lot for over six fucking hours i didn't know that we were supposed to go over there and so my dad finally said, hey, meet me at the hospital. I drove alone. Because they didn't want to be with me. I get it. You know? I I, I get it. So we, we all get to the hospital. And it's seven something at night now. And this is where 
I'm seeing everybody. Uh, Subway gave us free catering um, for the family type of thing because there's so many of us there. Like we had donations already. Like people, it was already flooding in. The 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 pure kindness of people, everything was flooding in. You know, which I appreciate that. And then everyone was talking, trying to figure things out, and I'm I'm just in my own head at this point because like I just lied to my sister. So then I, I finally see my brother and my dad. And I, I was just waiting. Like my dad, I he held me for like minutes, literally minutes. And at that moment, I told him, I was like, I, I have to tell her. You know, and they had a conversation separately eventually about it. I, I wasn't there. But then after that, Isaiah was finally free, you know, for a moment. And he went straight to me, held me first time. He's, like I said, pretty much ever in a sense, besides like when we were like really, really little, that he's told me that he loved me. You know, he was not letting go. And that's pretty much the end of our night for day one. So wrapping it up here, we've already kind of talked about, you know, what happened post-crime now, so we don't really got to get into it. Uh, is there any questions you'd like to ask Justin Andrew, knowing most of the details now, you know, his perspective, the family's perspective? I know earlier you were very much looking to the case and you were just had very much questioned yourself. You know, you didn't really know it. And obviously you're the outsider here. You don't, you didn't really get to know much until we told you specifically not to look up information yeah. until this very point. So how do you feel about it now knowing all the info you were just giving it's uh i don't the way i feel about the case it's it's almost overwhelming i mean just from a person that's you know observing it all but i mean i think you definitely have some solid points you know what i'm saying and i i don't i definitely believe that you know the the system like the court system you know justice i don't think it's always 100% correct I think that there is a very, very high chance that your brother did not do that, you know, and that's coming from someone that literally had like no fucking clue what the details were, you know, you literally just told me right now and you just laid them out. And I, I seen both sides right now, you know, I just did my homework, you know, my YouTube homework or whatever. And then now I got your side. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like, like it, your family supports your brother like so so much like for someone that did such a harsh crime you know what i mean mm-hmm. this act. And I, yeah yeah and so i feel like i don't know like it's it's hard for me to believe that like uh, your family would be supporting technically like a monster like what that people think you know to have his back and for years you know it's been it's been a while Man, so, eight years Exactly. So to have his back eight years strong plus, you know, going on strong and not lose no type of faith, I feel like that's a sign already right there. You know, you guys haven't lost no faith in him at all. I feel like that's how that that is a sign of true innocence. Just the fact that you guys are so passionate and you guys have so much faith in him. I don't know. It's just it's crazy. I mean, it seems like you guys speak from your heart and everything. I'll so, tell you from my- Go ahead, no, yeah, go ahead. no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, you know, from my perspective, 
you know, I'm, you know I criminal justice degree again. Not a lot of people know that about me. I have a degree, a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. I have uh, a majority of my family members are in law enforcement. I actually know uh, if you're in San Joaquin County, which is uh, very much close to Cal- Calaveras County, Joe Joseph Silva. I know him personally. He's a family friend of mine. Like he, like I, I see him every time I go to a Raiders game. Or I go to my uncle's place. You know, I'm very close to my uncle. I go to a place at tailgate. Me and him are very close family friends. Or sorry, me and him. Uh, he's a very close family friend of ours. He's there for the weddings. There for the parties. He was there for my 21st birthday party. Um, so, you know, obviously coming from perspectives and, you know, being uh, being in criminal justice classes and just seeing the way people's I, I, philosophies change, you know, seeing specifically my aunt going from... Um, having democratic views, voting for Obama in the, in the re-election to now supporting Trump coming when he's in presidency. I, I see, you know, once you're into this criminal justice world, your perspectives on things and how criminals are treated and how people are treated and how certain stuff happens are going to change. For me personally, when I first had the story, when I first, even when you summarized it, doing my own research, instantly in my own mind i just put myself as because you know one of the most important things we were taught in class in san francisco state and regardless of whether the teacher had a bias or not you know san francisco is very much hated on for getting biases and stuff the one thing we were always told gather all your evidence first make sure you have all your stories straight make sure you have every single detail you can have and to the point where you're satisfied to the point you think you have enough information then make your judgment in my personal judgment, I 110% believe that your brother did not do it. And, you know, people can argue this all day. I've seen people argue on internet forums. You found the Reddit forum earlier, Andrew, about people arguing back and forth. Yeah. Um, personally, though, you know, for me, there's no possible doubt within the time frame, regardless, even your dad leaving at 7 o'clock, let's, let's say 7.30, 30 minutes after your, your family had left, your brother decided to commit that act. And for your parents not to come twelve at twelve o'clock, four out. I think those are about four or five hours later for your brother to c- c- commit the perfect crime, is damn fucking impossible. It is impossible for a twelve-year-old to do that. I was when I was twelve, I wanted to be fucking Batman. I wanted to go to college to be a fucking teenage mutant ninja turtle. So you're telling me a twelve-year-old suddenly woke up and remember second-degree murder? Uh, shit, second-degree murder is not. To the point where it's premeditated it's it's uh oh shit let me look it up before i get it wrong i'm sorry i say i have a degree and shit it's not yeah it's not premeditated um it's 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 a, it's obviously just a lack of concern it's you know basically if i was to drive drunk one night and hit somebody on the road so he didn't wake up be like i'm gonna kill her today somebody else woke up that day and I personally feel like went to your house, broke in, and was like, I'm going to get revenge or something, you know, saying, hey, I know you're in there and murdering your sister. I 100% do not believe it was your brother. So, you know, my honest opinion, and I will save my opinion for the very, very end of the show, is that I 100% am by your side. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% there with you. I, I, I am there to the point where I personally don't believe your brother did it and i believe you know should be given a fair trial with all the evidence we've seen of all the stuff you've told me stuff we didn't get to mention in the show it's 100 percent didn't do it the only 
question I really, or not even the question, but the, but the one thing I want to say is just, you know, I appreciate the fact that your family has come out and been so open about the case. It's something you don't really see with people, especially in the, it's something like this. You don't see that. And I remember reading an article saying that your family was very much open to the idea of talking to anybody, which is why I wanted to bring you on the show. Um, but even then, you know, as, as you said, Andrew, having just the, the, this little circle of trust and this circle of support, regardless of what the other family is, you know, what, what, what distant other family members think, the fact that you, your father, your stepmother, all believe that, you know, and in your own mind, personally, know, not even believe, know that your brother didn't do it, just tells me as, as, you know, going into this type of field, tells me there's no way your brother did it. It just tells me he was innocent, pure 12 year old innocence and taken away from him the moment he was placed in handcuffs. Yeah. And a, another fun fact about me, I'm my opinion on the OJ Simpson case. I didn't, I believe he didn't do it. That was a senior project I did. And because of that senior project, I believe he didn't do it. So, you know, fucking it should be the opposite of this he's the only guy home of course he did it but right for me giving you know again reasonable doubt reading all the evidence i mean i've showed you guys my notes fucking the yeah. longest notes i've ever taken and even the longest notes i've ever taken outside of wrestling if you're not familiar but this is a wrestling podcast but i want to start doing stuff outside and supporting the community yeah it's all this evidence i have already you know it's it's points of the direction for me at least not guilty all right let me let me say one last statement and a question and then we could just wrap this shit up but basically i mean this i just want to tell the audience that this story is actually it might be bigger than you actually think i think if you guys look it up and see look it up on youtube i mean this story this story has been seen by over like millions of people if we're being honest like youtube videos have a shit ton of views all over the world at one point yeah, like legit, like CNN, like this is a big story. So first of all, Justin, I just want to thank you for even coming on here and talking about, you know, your personal shit. I know it could be like, you know. It's a very hard thing to do, yeah. Yeah, and then giving us, you know, me and Carlos to talk about it on our platform is just, you know, I'm surprised you would even do that, but I just want to thank you for that, you know, just out of respect. But also, one thing I saw while I was doing all kinds of research, I saw that your family was getting a lot, a lot, a lot of love from the community. They were getting all kinds of support, but at the same time, they were getting uh, all kinds of hate, like a shit ton of hate. Yeah. And I just want to, like, how does that make you feel? You know what I mean? Put it this way. We told the people, yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're, they're for sure harsh. Fucked up, bro. I seen some, I seen some comments, you know, that I'm not going to say on here, but it was fucked up. It was towards you and your family that just were so unnecessary that were, you know, it's just fucking harsh. Just, I was like, wow, you know, it's fucked up. It, it's, I don't know. I just felt bad for you and your family. You know, like I could only imagine going through some shit like that. It fucked me up. Like you did, you guys, like you, you especially, like you didn't even really do nothing you're just trying to support your family and you just you know you didn't ask to be there it just happened and people were pointing i saw them pointing the fingers at you and this and that i was like what the fuck like i don't know it makes it made no sense to me you know how the internet is 
full of a whole bunch of trolls and shit. But just how does that make you feel overall? You know, people just talking shit. But at the same time, let us know how it felt with the community behind your back with all the love. We told people directly. You want to voice your opinion? That's one thing. You want to have a debate about it and a conversation? It's a whole nother thing. You want to sit there and talk shit the whole time? You can fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, but if you want to have a grown conversation, like, you know, I really think you did it. All right. Tell me why. You know, I'm open ears. I don't mind talking to anybody about this because I'll educate them on the firsthand experience on from what I've seen, from what my dad's seen, to what my mother's seen, to what my sister's seen, to what Emiliano's seen, to just everything. Because we was, we literally had to discuss it. We had to discuss it openly. We had to talk about everything. We, we, I was never interrogated. Never once questioned. Wow. You know, yeah. I figured I should be not saying one of the first ones questioned, but if you're really going to do your job, you should be thorough and get, but no, it. So I, yeah. I, I, I'll tell people with that. I literally start with that. You really think they're doing such a great job? I never got a question. Yeah. Me. Well, that's how well they did their job. Yeah. I mean, you would assume they would have questioned you. That was actually another one of my questions, too. But I mean, and just... I tell people, I was like, how do you know I didn't do it then? Not saying, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to, oh, it was me. No. Yeah. It's that like there's no fucking proof. There's not even been once a conversation. There's never been nothing about it. Is that the fact is that they from the fucking beginning was after my brother. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. The internet's so fuck it's cruel, you know. I'm sorry that you and your family have to go through that, you know. It shit sucks. I could only imagine going through some hard shit like that. But on the positive note, I saw that community, you know. They, you guys did get a lot of love too. Yeah, we did. You know? We 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 got some pe- some people still in Valley Springs. Shout out to them. They hold it down. They willing to duke it with some people over us, bro. Like they, we got some solid ones out there, and I appreciate them. You know, and to them, they're not friends no more. That 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 we we gained family member over this. You know, right, yeah. people really showed their colors with this, and some of them didn't have to show their colors because they they was already there. Yeah. You know, and, and 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 it really, it meant a lot towards us, bro. Because, like, how are we going to move back out there in that community and everyone hate us? Yeah. The people that loved us, they fought for us, bro. Yeah, it seemed like it. Shit. If, if you go on some Facebook postings about it and certain news articles, you might catch a name. Shout out to her. She argue with anybody and everybody all day long about this shit and call them stupid <laughs> because there's no way you know what i mean yeah. like i appreciate her like she'd be in stores and grocery stores with us type of thing fuck you guys man you know what the fuck you're talking about like there are those people that had our back and i appreciate them 100 percent. shit well that's cool shit but yeah man i think that's all the questions for me i just want to thank you again for letting us you know for coming on this show to you know Use it as your platform. I do want to leave my portion, at least, with this last quote. During the trial, okay, they asked my father because, you know, I told you guys about the bloody shoes. They want to know, well, how come 
you know, the shoes are misplaced, blah, 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 right? Well, we actually had three pairs of the same shoes. I had a pair, my dad had a pair, then my brother had a pair. We used one of the pairs, let them outside to do yard work. They try to say that my dad had those shoes on. That's why they're in the closet now. And my dad's like, no. I had flip-flops on. And I took them off to put shoes on. They're like, why'd you put shoes on? So he said, you ever beat someone's ass in flip-flops? <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen. So I put on fucking shoes. <laughs> All right? You're on the sand. He said this shit. Oh my god! <laughs> I, that, that's just the mentality we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit. We're gonna be honest with you, bro. You be some ass and fucking flip flops. We're gonna have to try it pretty soon, man. I don't know. <laughs> so before we finally wrap up, before we finally give our final thought or you know final goodbyes or whatever, I just want to uh, ask you, Justin, really quickly: where's where's your brother at now? And what's 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 the future looking like for him? My brother is still doing a life sentence at the moment till he is the age of either 25 or 23. It's the stupid California penal law code. Uh, yeah, write yeah. the number down. Uh, but it's basically 2018 for those who aren't familiar. 2018 California passed a uh new law, first, I believe, right? I believe of so, 20. somewhere in July. And uh, because of that law, actually, and this is where some people um, were. Pretty much a, sh- a shitty, shitty uh, kind of, I would say, turnover for for the case is even though the original sentence was 23, um, he has to now uh, finish it out until he's 25 because of it. That's what they were trying to do. I'm pretty sure we got it down to 23. Long story short, since the youth authorities are closing, he's going to have to set back to the original county that the crime was committed in or back to the juvenile hall that he was originally sentenced to the first time during the trial, which was in Placerville. Just got to hope for the best, for yeah. the most positive thing. Without that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call this a wrap. Thank you so much, Justin, for joining us on both platforms, both on the Kayfabe podcast and in conversation with Andrew Cervantes. I want to tell you again, thank you so much for being on here. It means so much to me that you're on here. This is actually, I believe, one of the most important podcasts i've ever done or episodes i've done uh, i get asked a lot if i ever get nervous during a podcast i believe this is the first time i've ever been not nervous but very much on edge to, right. to do something like this yeah for sure um so i just want to thank you for taking the time out of your day you know i know you work early tomorrow morning we're already pretty much at the yeah. very much past our bedtime quote unquote but anyway thank you guys so much for listening uh if there's anything if anybody knows anything you can go ahead and contact justin or me you know i'll put i'll put all of our uh, descriptions in the description of this episode i'm sure andrew will do the same thing um and yeah if you want to look up interesting hearing about more i would just say look it up but you know this is the exclusive with justin fowler uh the brother of you know both Isaiah and Layla. But thank you so much for joining me, Justin. I really appreciate the time you took out for the day. Mom, I how, appreciate you actually. How short notice listening. it was. Yeah. Thank you, man, for giving us this platform. Oh. Yeah. Without further ado, man, I'm gonna sign out for me. Andrew, I'll give you the chance to sign out for yourself. This is Carlos Duran signing off of K Fade Podcast on behalf of Justin and Andrew. Andrew, you can go ahead and sign off as well as well as you, Justin. 
All right. Well, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. You know, it was lit. I mean, good little conversation going. You know what I'm saying? We, I'm glad we got your side of it, Justin. But other than that, thank you guys. You know, till next time. Any last words like to say, Justin? I appreciate you guys having me on the podcast. I appreciate both of you taking time out your night to just even taking a second to listen. I appreciate all the work you guys did and doing the research, especially the questions you had, Carlos. You've done better than the fucking police. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> my right. my, my 40,000 intuition went somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've done better questioning, better emphasizing, better everything. And I really appreciate it, guys. And again, I, I know my sister appreciates it. I know my brother appreciates it. I actually just got off the phone with him a few hours before we did this and told him I'm going to do this. And he was actually pretty excited for it. So he's he's definitely out there. He definitely knows what's going on. He definitely knows that we're still talking about it and still making it known. And he appreciates you guys. All the support and love to him, man. If you ever need anything specifically from me, or I'm speaking for Andrew too, yeah. If you need anything, whether even to just a GoFundMe, hey man, I'm all for it. Oh, for but sure, me too. Again, man, thank thank you so much for being on here. We're gonna sign off now. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you in the next episode. Let you do your thing, Andrew too. All right, guys. Peace. <laughs> peace.